Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome. My name is Susan Lamarco, and I'm the Executive Officer of the School Library Association of Victoria. I'd like to begin this event by acknowledging traditional owners of the land on which I am today, the Wurundjeri Wilam people, one of the five tribes of the Kulin Nation, the traditional owners of this land. I would also like to pay my respects to elders, past, present and emerging, and specifically acknowledge the important role of story in the history and the lives of the traditional owners of this land. Welcome to all of you. I can see our participants coming in on to the numbers up on the screen and we are expecting about 70 people here this afternoon if they all come online. We have a wonderful short and sharp session planned for you today and I hope you find the time enjoyable and motivating. This is the first event in our HILO series for 2022. HILO stands for High Impact Libraries Online and we aim to engage with tools, programs and ideas around providing an excellent online library service. We recognise that people may have resources they would like to share and we have created a Padlet to support this sharing. Uh, the presenters are going to use this space to post extra resources that they may refer to in their presentation. But everybody else is also welcome to post uh, items uh, to that Padlet. And I will put the um, uh, URL in the chat after I finish speaking. And it was also in the reminder emails sent around to you. Uh, yes, I'll put it in the chat. This event has been created as a webinar, so only the presenters will be on the screen. Please write any questions you may have in the chat box and we will address them when we can. We are going to hear about a range of different databases from five experienced and knowledgeable school library practitioners and uh, this whole idea of databases I think is obviously a very popular topic um, so that's how come we're welcoming so many people here today. So our first presenter this afternoon is uh, Joy Whiteside and Joy is the library manager at St Joseph's College in Geelong. Welcome Joy. Thank you. Um, I'm just going to share my screen and Okay, hopefully you can see that. Good afternoon, everyone. It's a pleasure to be able to share some of the encyclopedia and database resources that St Joseph's College subscribes to and uses with an aim of enabling and improving student learning. In this brief presentation, I'll use a LibGuide, the um, Year 10 History, the Battles of World War II, to demonstrate how you can use online databases and encyclopedias such as ProQuest, World Book Online, Weblinks, and the Slasser Reference Generator. One of the, the ways that we use a research topic such as this is to link directly to the research guide that's been curated by a specific database, and in this case, ProQuest and Worldbook. Joy, are you, expecting, are you sharing your screen at the moment? Because we can't see yes. anything yet. Oh, that's a shame. Okay. <laughs> okay. Try again. All right. I wasn't sure whether you were meant to be sharing or not. I did click yes. there. Oh, can you see it now? Now we can see all of us, so you need to change the tab. Excellent, that's it. Good, so here I am. <laughs> um, I won't go through the blurb again, but um, here I am on my LibGuide Battles of World War II. Thanks, Susan. Firstly, I'm going to show you ProQuest, and I'll click on this link to um, the ProQuest database. ProQuest curates information from encyclopedia articles, journals, magazines, and websites, and in this case, um, about World War II. Product information from ProQuest 
states that there are over 11,000 editor-created research topic pages such as this. And as an example of the extent of the resources, I'm just going to show you, here's a little um, table of contents. I'm going to go down, there's background information, gallery, selected military engagements, and I'll click on this one, Battle of the Coral Sea, to demonstrate that this is another um, little research guide and it's quite extensive as well. Um, all of their resources that are curated have links to additional information. Each article or the guide can be saved, emailed, printed, listened to and cited. They've got information for each one. I'll just go to the ProQuest homepage, I think. Um, as well as the research guides, ProQuest has a search function and an advanced search function and um, includes search limiters such as date or timeline, primary or scholarly sources, specific publication and source type, as well as being able to browse trending topics. And here's one on Ukraine and topics about um, just common projects that students might need. So they're very sort of up to date as well as with historical content. I've put a link on the Padlet to promotional material about this database. So if you're interested, you can take a look for additional information there. But as you can see, this is a very useful database for students. Back on my LibGuide, I hope you can see my screen. Susan, can you? Can you see that I'm back on the LibGuide? Yes. yes, you're back on the LibGuide. Okay, so I'm just going to click on World War II now. And I mean, World Book Online, sorry, about World War II. Similarly, um, World Book Online has a research guide on the topic and there's a table of contents over here. So you can click on any of these links um, for other information and information further down. There's also a tool function here, tools and settings. You can save, share, print, cite, increase text size, which is actually really helpful for some students. And you can, there's also, um, you can listen to the article as well, um, which is really- sorry, sorry to interrupt, but you've got a pop-up window, um, which is coming through on my screen. I don't know whether you can see it. No. Okay. All right. What what is it? Pop, it's saying it's it's quite distracting, and it's saying resize to change the video size or the number of videos. Got it? And it's got an animation as well. Oh. Uh, that's that's not happening for me, Julie. So it may be it may not be um, coming from Joy. Okay. I don't. I've tried to get rid of it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll keep going. I hope that no one else has that problem. Um, um, so where was I? Okay. Um, I really like this related information with, with World Book, um, primary source information and websites that they curate. I, I often use these. They're really handy. Um, everything's slowed down now. Sorry. It was not this slow before. Um, anyway, you'll have to believe me. Um, it, it's, it's fantastic, um, this resource. 
I've put a link to some information about World Book um, on the Padlet. And if you're interested, you can have a look there. Um, but as you can see, it's a very useful database um, encyclopedia for students. And I always recommend that students start at either World Book or Britannica um, as a good first step in their information search. Okay, I am back on my LibGuide and my next um, thing that I'm going to show you quickly because I'm running out of time, web links online. Web links, um, oh no, sorry, it's timed out and I'll go back and do that again. Web links is um, an inexpensive database of curated educational websites that's added to each month by the curators. Students can search on a topic for themselves in this database, or you can link to a saved search such as this, um, as an example, um, that I've done for the LibGuide, um, which, is, which is great for students. So it's basically um, web links themselves have done the searching and they've curated this list of reputable um, websites. Mark records are available for the websites, so you can add the websites to your catalogue, which is also fantastic. Okay, on our LibGuides, we also include um, this Write Your Bibliography information, and I want to show you Slasser Online Reference Generator, which is a fantastic resource. When you click on the link, you can choose the level and I'm going to click on senior level. So you select the level, you select the resource type. And in this case, I'm going to do the easiest one, book with one author and show you how you use this. I'm going to um, quickly fill in this form and you can, you can guess the book, can't you, as I'm doing it. Has anyone guessed that the book is The Secret River? And publisher, text publishing, and I did this before, that's why it's all kind of saved. And then you just create your reference. And so students can then um, copy and paste that into their reference list. There's some additional information on referencing there. It's a fantastic resource and it really encourages students to um, correctly reference their resources. Um, okay, so that was a really quick overview of those four resources. On the Padlet, I've included all um, information about all of those, but I've also included a number of suggestions for free databases that you can add to your online resources. And these include ABC Education, Alpha History and the Legal Studies Equivalent, Ergo, the State Library of Victoria site for students, Trove, the digitised um, National Library of Australia database, and news sources such as ABC, BBC and The Conversation, and their searchable archives. And finally, I'm going to look at the Padlet and show you that, um, or remind you that membership, if I can find it, membership at, um, local, state and national library resources all, um, are free to use. Oh, here it is, right in the middle. Um, and I've linked to the Geelong Regional Library's e-resources page as, as an example um, of 
just free resources and databases, I won't click on it now, that, that you can use and um, membership is free, which is fantastic. So it doesn't matter if you don't have a big budget, there's something there for you. And that's all, thank you. Thank you very much, Joy. There's a couple of questions. Someone's querying uh, the cost for uh, the SLAZA uh, database. I know there is a cost. Do you, what, by the, off the top of your head, remember how much it is? Oh, someone's answered already. Yes, it's $100. Um, yeah, thank you. I think Lynette's just put the prices in the yeah. uh, chat as well. It's $100 for a school of 800 plus students, which ours is. Thank you. And there was an earlier question, I believe, I think they may be referring to WorldWook. Oh, yes. they, they said, when you mentioned curated, is there enough Australian curriculum linked content or are some of these more international? No, actually, WorldBook now um, links everything to the Australian curriculum. Um, I should have mentioned that. I did have it in my notes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fantastic the way that they do that. Thank you very much. There's also a query about uh, APA and a suggestion in the chat that there's also SiteMaker that does uh, that does use APA as a as a citation version in their um, generator. So please just keep putting those suggestions and those helpful comments in the chat. And Joy, if you might want to just um, go back over what's there, I think I got everything. But just in case someone else asked you another question, I'd appreciate it if you'd answer it. <laughs> Thank you. I'll do that. Thank you. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful again. So our next speaker is is Angela Mare, Head of Library at Elsington Grammar School. Welcome, Angela. And let's just get you off mute. I will unmute you. Now you are talking. Thank you for that. Uh, new computer just for this session. Um, I'm going to share my screen. Um, I hope this will work. I've got, um, there's my, oh, here we go. I've just got a, a very quick PowerPoint presentation. Uh, just, just to give you a bit of background information, I'm going to be talking about the Encyclopedia Britannica. And here we go. Uh, um, okay, so um, I started uh, work at Alpington Grammar the day everyone else went into lockdown in 2020. Uh, um, sorry, here we go. Uh, and uh, the library, the secondary library had been closed for a number of years uh, due to major building work. Uh, the uh, primary library was a small collection in a primary room, a primary classroom. We had no online resources and had a very reduced budget. I was very fortunate that I had a very supportive senior management team and principal um, who the following year um, expanded my budget. Uh, so that was really great. Um, but of course, I, it, we were still in the middle of a pandemic. So my budget wasn't that great that I could just go out and buy all the uh, databases that I wanted or subscribed to them. Um, we're a P3 to Year 12 school of approximately 550 students. Um, we do have an alpha program designed for our high achievers in Year 7 and 8. We have an Aspire program also for our high achievers in primary school, and that starts at Year 3 to Year 6. And we do have a very extensive learning support program uh, for our struggling students so that they don't get left behind. 
Um, so when I was looking at my uh, what databases to subscribe to, I was very aware that I had to select um, databases that catered for all the year levels uh, from struggling students right through to our really high achievers. Uh, like we've got some uh, students in year three in the, in the Aspire program who are, um, you know, reading uh, information and doing research projects that the grade sixes are doing. Uh, so I had to be very aware of this. Um, and yes, and as I said, my budget wasn't that great that I could just go out and um, buy whatever I wanted. So when I was looking at what I wanted to subscribe to, I, my main object, uh, objectives was to get an online encyclopedia, um, some nonfiction ebooks, and one multi-subject database. Uh, so we went for the Encyclopedia Britannica. That was the first uh, subscription that we went for. Uh, it was more pricey than I expected. Uh, like for our school, uh, I, it was $1,900. Uh, and the, um, the cost is worked out based on school numbers, but also whether you select Britannica School, which incorporates primary, middle, and secondary options. Uh, and we could have selected you know, or anyone can just select any one of those options, primary and middle, um, middle and secondary, or, you know, one of eight, one of, uh, one of you know, sorry, <laughs> I'm a bit nervous. Um, so, but we went for the Britannica School, which is the primary, middle and secondary options. Uh, was it worth the, the, the pricey amount of money? Absolutely. I really feel that it covers everything uh, and it catered for all the students and all our information and research needs. So now we're going to, I'm going to have a quick look at that. Um, so again, if I share uh, the web browser. Um, oh. browser. Uh, where are we? Can um, can you see the uh, the web browser? We've uh, we've got a screen that just says you can now browse the web. Oh, oh, I think okay. you'll have a you'll have a tab open at the top. I do. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. That's the uh, one. Thank you. All right, so this is the Britannica. And what I really like about the Britannica is its interactivity and also its, uh, the fact that it differentiates, uh, uh, it differentiates the information and the data. Uh, so you've got students who can start at a particular level and if they need to uh, go up a level, uh, they can do that at any stage. If they need to go down the level because the information is too difficult, uh, they can quite discreetly move down a level. And they can do that at any um, screen. So at any point of their research, they can move up or down a level. Uh, so if I click on middle school, uh, you can, uh, and another thing that I really like about it, because I really feel that it encourages students' uh, curiosity um, and interest. Uh, you'll see that there are, uh, 
there are questions, there are, you know, at a glance, did you know? So more questions here, the daily buzzword, can you guess? So again, lots of different topics that uh, if the student uh, is starting on an inquiry project and they don't know uh, what, it, what interests them, they can come anywhere here and uh, select one of these, um, you know, questions or uh, topics. They could also go into the articles. And if I click onto that, um, you know, they could just have a look at animals and there's a whole lot of articles here. They may be interested in a particular topic already. So I'm going to click on, uh, type in atom and I'm going to click on the article atom matter. And so this is the information for the middle school. And as you can see, it's, um, it's quite detailed, uh, not as detailed as, of course, the high school article. Uh, you can see up here that they can, again, change uh, their reading level. So they can move up to uh, the high school or they could move down to the, the primary level. And I'm just going to show you, if I do click on uh, reading level one primary, uh, the, the information uh, has become uh, more simplified, but the environment is still the same. So if a student's actually in um, the classroom and they start on middle school, they can discreetly go down a level to something that is more age appropriate or um, more at their level without everyone noticing. Uh, so if I actually go and show you what it looks like in the primary, uh, so again, I'll type in atom and I'll select this article. So you can see that, you know, now the environment has changed. Uh, it's a lot more visually um, suitable for the younger levels. Uh, it, uh, the, it, it's sectioned so that uh, the, the students are not overwhelmed by information and they can just focus on a particular section. And so I really feel that, again, it's, uh, it's age appropriate, it's differentiated, and the students can move between these levels uh, at, um, at their own discretion and, uh, and it gives them that sense of achievement. Uh, if I, uh, what do I, I'm going to go back to the middle school uh, one and I just, I'm going to go back to the Atom article because the other thing that I really liked about it was the interactivity. And so there are li uh, links within the article. Uh, there are also related uh, topics up here. Uh, so the students can broaden or or narrow their, their search depending on their needs. Um, so I really like that, that it's all sort of seamless. It's within the article. Uh, it's, um, you know, they don't have to go outside of it. Uh, they, they can go into uh, images and video. There's also, uh, if I go into related, you'll see that, uh, again, like the world book, so you've got your primary sources, your eBooks, they've got a curated uh, website section. Uh, so again, you know, it's not just encyclopedic uh, information, but they can also get information from different uh, formats. Uh, 
And of course, like um, all good databases, I go back. Uh, you can go back further. Okay, so like all good databases, you can uh, email it to yourself. You can create favorites, uh, like up at the top right-hand corner, I've, I've got Britannica. Uh, we encourage all our students, especially the Aspire students and the Alpha students, because their projects are for a whole semester. So they can actually um, uh, collect all their information and keep it all together so that when we introduce them to referencing at the you know, towards the end of their um, project. Uh, they've got all the information there that they need um, and, you know, they don't have to go searching for it again. Uh, especially with the younger kids, we don't show them uh, referencing until a bit later. We don't want to overwhelm them. So, uh, and, uh, and the other thing, you can translate uh, into any language. Uh, it uses the Google Translate. You can listen to the article. Uh, which uh, is really great for our EAL students. Uh, so, so yes, oh, and just very quickly, this is the last thing I want to show you. If I go up to students, uh, they've got all this information about research. So uh, it's a bit like Ergo, uh, and, you know, so you've got this sort of information. You've got flowcharts about the, the research process, uh, which we can introduce the students to. Uh, while, you know, at the beginning of their inquiry project. So, yes, I love Britannica. It's interactive. It's uh, differentiated learning. So I think that it was a really good choice for us. Thank you. Thank you, Angela. That was fantastic. Uh, and if anyone has any questions for Angela, please do pop them in the chat. I haven't seen any at the moment, Angela, but do check there just to make sure. Thank you. That was great. If you can stop sharing your screen, just hover up to the top. And our next uh, speaker, I I'm very pleased to be able to introduce Julie Pagliaro, who is Head of Libraries at, uh, thank you, Angela. It's Julie Pagliaro, who is Head of Libraries at St Kevin's College. Welcome, Julie. Thank you, Susan. And it's very nice to be here. And I've just loved hearing um, and listening to our other speakers this afternoon and even though I've got some of those resources, I've already learnt a few new things, so fantastic. Um, the emphasis that I'm going, or my area of focus is going to be on current issues and I'll share my screen. Okay, and Susan, if you can just confirm that's coming through as echo. Yes, we can see echo, Julie. Okay, terrific. Um, so ECHO has been around for many years and this is one reason why I like it because I think it really has stood the test of time. And it's also moved with the curriculum um, as the curriculum has changed over many years. Um, and I like the fact that it is adaptable. The only thing that I would say about it is its interface is still a little bit um, out of date. And I think one thing that um, ECHO could look at doing is just revitalising their interface. Um, but it's certainly a wonderful resource to use and it's also very cost effective. Um, when I go into the media issues outlines, this provides a list of years and the by calendar, it's a list of topics that they have focused on in, um, as part of their um, product. So if I go into um, 2021, 
Um, you can see if I scroll down, um, there are a number of different issues there. And this is a great um, springboard for students who often don't know what topic to do. And so they can actually look at this and go, oh, never thought about that, or oh, that sounds interesting, I might do that. Um, if I look into this year's topic so far, um, I'm going to um, shine a spotlight on their second issue here, which is should animal organs and tissues be used for human transplants? One great thing about ECHO is they do also have a video interface and they also have some um, animation as part of their pages as well. Um, I really love the fact that they provide the issue at a glance and they also reference to really eminent or very highly qualified people who are experts in this field. So straight away the students or the teachers are immediately sourcing really high quality information and they can use this as part of their quotes. And before the student goes any further, they can actually see the issue at a glance. So before overwhelming the student, they can actually decide at this introductory level whether this is going to be for them. And then up at the top of the screen, um, you have background information, arguments in favour and arguments against. So when I click on the background information, again, you can see here we've got some little animations happening. Um, and you've got you know, some really good detailed information about the background of this. So it's providing the context, which I think is so important. And I think this is where it really differentiates itself from Google or Wikipedia, because it's really providing a comprehensive overview of, of the topic. Um, the student may or may not decide to look at that. If they are a debating student or perhaps public speaking or they're studying current issues, whether it be in ethics or English or even in science and geography, um, they can then look at these issues and look at the arguments in favour. And what ECHO does is it provides um, usually five arguments in favour of the topic and it usually gives equal weightage um, to the both perspectives. And then if I go back up to the top, you can look at the arguments against. And once again, this is when I really think it starts to sh really shine because again, if the students are just relying on Google, they're not going to get this kind of detail and they're not going to get these diverse views um, on a topic. So they then provide the arguments against. And if I was teaching this to a group of students, I would say to them, you know, that's where the sort of the, the C grade student finishes. The C grade student says, okay, that's terrific. I've got my arguments for and my arguments against. Um, but the A and the B student, um, and this is how I sell it to them, I say the A and the B student realises that this topic is a little bit more nuanced or perhaps more complex, and they will have a look at the further implications. And this is where ECHO really delves a little bit more deeply. Um, and even having done the arguments for and against. And ECHO says, well, hang on a minute, there's actually some other things that you may want to think about before you come to a conclusion or a, or a viewpoint on how you feel about this topic. Um, and that's where your higher end student will sort of navigate to. And then like, you know, other resources that we've heard about this afternoon, um, ECHO provides some terrific web links and documents but they also provide video clips as well. And even though that's not mentioned on their tab, um, that is still there. 
and then they also have some information updates. Um, just going back, um, the other thing you can also do, and I'm just going to shift this, uh, back on the main page, you can also go to their searchable news and information databases. And if I just quickly go into 2021, and if I just quickly put in refugees as a search term and search this, it will then come up with a range of articles um, from quite varied sources, um, from the ABC or the Conversation or the Guardian. And so very quickly, you know, the students can click on these links and go immediately to those articles. So, you know, if you've been around in school libraries as long as I have, you might recall you had to actually hang on to these um, periodicals. Um, and you had stacks of newspapers on shelves and, and in boxes and that sort of thing. Um, and I can see, Susan, you're agreeing with me here. Um, but this is one reason why I really do love ECHO because it's all seamless and it just transitions beautifully from the index through to the physical resource and it does it so effortlessly. And then the last thing it does um, is it goes to um, information sources and this is a really great way of opening up your students to some other ideas of information sources and you can through your ECHO subscription then be accessing the Guardian, um, the News Daily, the Conversation and so on and very quickly that will take us to the conversation. I can then tap in refugees just from ECHO here and it will then provide me with a range of articles about this topic. And you can see from the dates that this one was only two days ago. So, you know, this is a great gateway of opening up students' um, minds um, about how to research a topic from the one platform, but it's taking them to a rich and varied range of sources. Susan, how am I going for time? You have two minutes, Julie. Okay, so the other source I want to show you is Issues in Society. And again, like ECHO, this has been around for a long time and it has stood the test of time. And it takes current issues and it curates them and it produces an e-book. You can get an online subscription or the hard copy. It's very cost effective. Um, and if I go into Housing and the Homeless, um, it has a fantastic contents page and index so you can very quickly navigate to what you need. I love this resource because it's very visual. Um, it has a lot of statistics, it's succinct, it has a lot of tables, it has cartoons, it breaks up the text. Um, it's fantastic for those students who really don't want to be um, presented with a lot of text. It's very, very visual. Um, and, it is, and the other thing, it's very, very current. It also has, um, just quickly, just Susan wave me a hand when I'm nearly ending, um, but it also within the e-book, it does have links to um, other sources where they got their information from. And I'm going through this really quickly, but you can see how visual it is. It's got pictures, it's got tables. This is also fantastic when the staff are wanting to set exam questions. Often they can find an article from here um, and use it as, a, as an analysis task, as perhaps an exam or a test piece. Um, and if I go to the end of this um, document, just quickly scroll down to the end, um, it's got a terrific index 
And then it's also got some brainstorm questions at the end and some other activities and how you can use it, multiple choice, fast facts, and also web links. So um, I've gone through that really, really quickly, but I do have links to this on the Padlet. Um, and I would encourage anyone, if you don't have um, issues in Skydi or Echo, um, they're very cost effective and to really seriously consider adding them to your online collection. And I'll stop sharing. Fantastic, Julie, and perfectly on time. How excellent. <laughs> We're doing very, very well. We will have a couple of minutes um, by the look of it. We'll see how we go. But any questions, people put them in the chat. There's been some lovely comments and people making remarks along the way. Um, and I think we're doing very well. Lots of great information. So thanks, everybody. It's my distinct pleasure to introduce our next speaker. And this is Sue Lowe, who is a teacher librarian at uh, Ivanhoe Grammar School. Welcome, Sue. Lovely to have you here. Thank you. Um, well, I've got the uh, task of having a chat about four different um, databases, and I'm probably at the other end of the scale. Mine are all quite um, pricey, but some of them I think are really useful as well. So I thought it'd be good to show these. Anyway, I'm going to share my screen. The first one, let me see. Yep, that should be right. Um, I'm sharing is a news bank. This is, um, look, it's got a wealth of information. I particularly love this um, particular, this site, uh, especially if you go to things like Echo and they don't have the, the actual link to the article if they send you to a page content or I know some of them do sometimes, or you've Googled an article and it's a page content. You can come in here sometimes and actually find it if you've got this on board. Um, we subscribe to the Access Global News Bank, which is um, has international papers as well. It's about over about 7,000 sources, so it goes right the way around the world. Um, it has a number of different um, things here. It has the map search, which I'm going to quickly go into just so that you can see, if you click onto a map, I can find the map going. So it has all the different places. If you click into Europe, for example, you can go down and it has all the places in Europe. And as you can see on the side there, England, it has 696 sources. So if you wanted anything in particular from um, a, a paper over there, you can um, get the information on there. So you could do that. Um, going back to the front page now, uh, as we move down, it has a number of quick links. It has special reports, um, which deals with broad areas of concern like natural disasters. It does have Australian ones, so it would have information on the current floods, et cetera, which we could have a look at. Um, and if I I don't want to spend too much time doing the clicking because I know that I'm I'm going to lose out on time. But as you can see, there's lots of different things here. So when you go into natural disasters, um, it'll have the uh, and of course it's slow. It'll have the new information, and I think the new information one of us is is us on the top there about um, our PM accused of ignoring warnings on floods. 
Um, but you can also look up here and go to the different areas as well. So you could actually then go to Australia. Um, it is a little American focused because it comes from America and I know that happens in a number of our resources. So just to be aware of that. Uh, now, did that open a new thing? Go back to Newsbank Home. Sorry, with it being a bit slow. It's gone to a different bot for me, which is really helpful. Ah, there we go. Okay, and then it has hot topics that you can have a look at. It also has some daily headlines. There's also suggested topics there. If I click into one, you can see there are a myriad of different topics that you could choose. But as I said, it, uh, it is a little bit um, US centric. But when you go into them like gun control, it will go to the past 12 months. It's done a search for you, but it has got other um, papers in there. And you can see they're, they're usually, like that one is actually today um, that they've got there and it will have the um, different places that will come up. Obviously, a lot of them are going to be American in here. Um, finally, we can go to Quick Links. You can get this um, done yourself, however you'd like to do it, but we have the age and the Australian, etc. If you click into the age, you can just search the age, and if you scroll down, you can search the, you can grab up the actual newspaper. So this is the actual replica of the newspaper from 2018 to current. So I could click on that, and I could actually look at today's newspaper as it as it appears. Um, then it has articles from 1991 to current, and then it also has. Uh, the web only sources, which is also quite good because sometimes you get these articles that you can't access um, and they're only in a web page. So I think that's quite useful as well. Um, I suppose the kicker in all of this is it costs us about $4,000. So it's an expensive source, um, but I must admit I do use it quite frequently for my searching, etc. Um, and finally, if I do a quick search just to show you, I've done coal mining and climate change just as a um, to show you what you can get. So this is from the Town, Townsville Bulletin. If I quickly click on that, you get actually, that's how it appears. It's like a, a transcript of, of what was in there. You can email this to a teacher if you want. You, you can get a site. You can um, print it, you can do all of the sorts of things you would ex expect. Back to search results. Um, you can limit your date, time, your times you have your dates if you want. The other thing, it does do some video searching as well, so you can have a look at the videos there. And this one here is actually in a paper, so it will show you the actual, how it appeared in that particular paper. So that's all the, the search results there that you get in Newsbank. I'm going to leave that one and very quickly move on to Bloom's Literature, uh, another quite expensive one. That's about 
um, I think it's about 1700. It's part of the InfoBase group. Some of you may have other um, information with them. We're an IB school, um, and so literature is, is used quite extensively here. We're also a school that uses, um, that teaches a lot of Shakespeare. Um, and one of the great things I find in um, Blooms is there is a, a Shakespeare Centre. And if you go there, it has all of the plays, shows your videos, um, you get the, the critical essays, et cetera, that you can look at. But again, we're, we are an IB school and it's, it's probably um, a lot more of a very senior to, to early tertiary um, standard. Um, Massolit, this is another one we have. Um, now, again, it's um, a program that is lectures. So it has professors, university professors, talking about different things. I've been recently showing The Great Gatsby, and on here there is um, an introduction to it, and then actually the lecturer goes through each chapter of The Great Gatsby. And they're usually about 10 to 15 minutes long, um, which is probably a nice condensed type thing. Really pushing your probably high achievers, if you like, in that. This particular um, course has different subjects. So we have the English literature, the history, uh, philosophy, and the classics, but you also can get psychology. And they've just very, very recently, which I'm probably going to have to have a look into, physics and chemistry have been put in there. So all of a sudden it's becoming a lot wider in um, what you can use. But again, it's not cheap. With the, currently it's about 2,300 and it keeps adding on the more you put on or take away. Some of these figures could be based on school, um, on how many you have at your school. We have um, other campuses which help with the cost as well, so that, that might um, mitigate your costs. And finally, I'm speeding through this because I know my time must be coming very, very soon. Chase Store, I, I don't really want to go into this much because um, to be perfectly honest, I think ProQuest is um, a um, similar type of database, if you like, in that sense. Um, and this is a secondary school version that we've we've got. Again, it's about $1,900 for our school based on your um, actual numbers that you have. It search journals and all of those sorts of things. You you can do most things that you do with a database. And if you've had any you know experience in what the others were showing you, I don't think there's any need for me to to run through all of that again for you. On the Padlet, if you notice, I was very excited and made my ones calming green. Um, you will see I've popped the uh, links to all of those, plus gave a little bit of an overview of each of them um, so that you could see you know, what you might have a look at. I did see, and I'm going to stop my sharing, I did see there was a question in there, and I'm going to have a look to see an answer. Hang on, sorry, I've got to run down. They're, ask, uh, they're asking you, Sue, can you choose modules in for Massolit or is it uh, all in, I think? Looks good for IB. Yes, no, you can choose modules, which is what I was trying to say. So I'm thinking I might cancel one or two of our other modules and perhaps look at our chemistry and physics. 
So, but you do choose like that whole subject area, if you like. So we don't have psychology. I'm thinking we probably should, and we would look at that. Yes, I agree about JSTOR, and we do encourage our students to join State Library, but we also find that I think we need a database. We need at least one database that we're showing our students. Um, and the problem is, I think it's, it becomes a money issue about what people can afford. So, um, and we certainly do also use um, State Library, which I, I would definitely encourage students to do. Thank you, Sue. Is that right? Sorry, I've sped through there. So. No, no, you've done you've done perfectly well and finished in a very nice time. So thank you very much. That was excellent. There's so much information this afternoon, and I do appreciate the way you've all shared material to the Padlet too, because that'll mean people can go back and review this later and also watch the recording too. So we have our last speaker for this afternoon. Um, it's my pleasure to welcome Hope Doe, who is the Information Services Coordinator. What a wonderful title, Hope, at Caroline Chisholm Catholic College. Welcome, Hope. Oh, we'll just unmute you. There you are. Okay. Thank you, Susan. Um, thank you, everyone, for allowing me to speak. So today I'm going to talk about the database novelist. So I'm going to start by sharing my screen. have a quick little PowerPoint to show you about what it is and how I actually use it. And then I'll show you um, also the um, interface and do a quick search. So Novelist Plus, I marketed this to my uh, staff and students as find your next read. So what is it? It's basically a database of book recommendations and it's for adult books all the way to teens and you can see on the screen there ages 9 to 12 and also um, you know, young primary school students. They do have another module that is specific for primary school only. I've got the one for teens and adults. So essentially you have uh, fiction and non-fiction coverage, you've got audiobooks, you've got curated reader-like recommendations, you've got the language to describe a good book, which they call appeal terms, appeal language, and you've also got um, reader's advisory guides, and you can use, um, I guess, um, you know, read reviews about it from other sources as well, which they've linked in. So. How I use it is that I use it to create my book buzzes. So we call these our book chats, you know, three books in five minutes and try and sell different types of books to our students. It's also a tool for students to use. So we have sessions where we teach students how to find a book and what the actual results, um, I guess, what you can do with the actual results. And with anything, I guess, if you don't show students how to use it, then they won't know um, to use it. And then it's sort of left there, you're wasting your money. Um, but I think if you show them how to use it, then it's a great resource tool for them to find their next book. And obviously, we use it for readers advisory as well. So I get my staff to go on and you know, look at the latest acquisitions that we've purchased and to have a quick glance at what it's all about. And you know, I've used it for a number of years now, I'd say about five years. And over the time, I think that um, they're making the description of the actual books a lot simpler. Um, and in a way, I guess that's appealing to teens where you don't really want to read a slab your um, blurb that's really long. You just want like, you know, one or two lines um, about what the book is about. So I think that's, you know, a really sort of handy way to just get, get a quick snapshot of the books that you're, you've got in the library. So some of the features that I like 
include the read-alike recommendations. And here you've got read-alike by titles or perhaps by authors and also series. Um, you can actually teach students how to describe a good book. You know, normally you get students coming in saying, oh, I only like to read if it's a good book. So let's break it down. What does that mean? So some of the quick ones might be the pacing. You know, are you into a fast-paced book? Do you want it to intensify? Is it a slow burn? You've got um, writing uh, styles such as descriptive. Um, you've got tones. You can talk about, um, you know, the characters, the type of characters you want to have in your book. So there's a lot there. And then the other thing that's a bit fun is also the appeal mixer. So you can combine up to, you know, three different appeal terms. So you might say you want a feisty heroine who is in a dystopian world. And then you see, and, and the book has to be quite descriptive and you can see what results come out. So Novelist is part of EBSCO. And um, I'll just quickly show you, for example, this is a book buzz that we do, read it in Netflix. You can see here I've created a really simple slide. All this is coming from Netflix. So we don't actually have to search anywhere else. I go to, so not Netflix, sorry, Novelist Plus, and I get the description, which I copy and paste. The themes are there, the pace and the writing style. Now, you might be wondering, are there um, Australian titles? They are increasingly adding a lot of Australian titles, but yes, it is very American-centric. Uh, I'm just trying to get to my next tab. Okay, basic search. Okay, so when you go into Novelist Plus, you can see this is the search bar. You always get given the latest sort of appeal mixes. So for teens, you can have authentic and funny books, world-building and bleak, moving and sympathetic, amusing and engaging. And the other neat feature is you've got the browsing genres for teens. Sorry, it's too long. I need to log in again. Okay. So you've got the browsing for teens, but there are also these new pages called Explore Pages that you can look into exploring particular author, diversity resources. So I'll just show you the teens one here. But I like it because, you know, you always showing the latest sort of um, fiction. And you've got international, you've got realistic, there's Australian, Canadian, New Zealand authors as well. I'll do a quick search of a book. Um, the book that I'm looking for, just keeps coming up. Okay, so I'm looking for The Road to Winter. Before I go back and show you what it looks like, this is my um, catalogue, The Road to Winter. The other feature I've got also is called Novelist Select, which allows novelists to talk to my, um, I guess, my catalogue and to also have the novelist page embedded into my catalogue as well. So when students are searching for a title and if there is a novelist page, it will come up with the other books in the series, one, two, three. It also um, highlights some similar authors that students can click on, similar titles as well. Um, so it's sort of like a mini novice page uh, within the catalogue. There are features where you can actually show whether or not on novelists your library has the book, but it is a bit more sort of time consuming to do. Um, and for such a small library like ours, we didn't think it was worth it trying to add that. Um, just trying to get Trying to get used to WebEx. There's always a little top bit, top toolbar that I'm trying to take away from. It's not doing that. Okay, it's disappeared now. So I'll go back to Novelist and it was The Road to Winter. So if I type in The Road 
into the search. There it is. Okay, so you've got some titles there, and if I click on it, this is what's displayed. You can see that there's a very um, brief description about what the book is about. You've got some appeal terms, such as the genres, and you've got the tone and the writing style, and there's also recommendations for year levels. And some books also have flexile levels as well as accelerated reader, if this is what you're doing at your school. But I guess we, you know, it's a good glance in terms of whether the book is suitable um, for a student or not. You've got the reader likes on the side as well as um, some reviews from different sources. So I think the time is now pretty much yeah, 457. So yeah, so we definitely use this a lot for you know reading recommendations and also creating all of our sort of presentations for books. We find it nice and easy and they are adding more and more new sort of Australian titles into it. Okay, thanks Susan. That's it for me. Oh, around the price. It's around I think oh, the two thousand dollar mark maybe, a bit under can't quite remember, but I can um, yeah, definitely type that up. And there is a link on the um, EBSCO, oh, sorry, on the Padlet page for you to contact Caroline Gibbons, who is uh, the Australian um, sales representative for uh, Novelist EBSCO. Thank you. Is, is it based on uh, numbers, Hope? Uh, no, it's not based on numbers. No, okay. Well, that's an interesting thing. Okay, I think we're doing very, very well. If anyone, uh, thank you very much, Hope. That was excellent. If anyone has any more questions, I think there was one question that we may, that I may have missed. Uh, it was for Sue, and Karen was asking Sue with JSTOR, which subjects get the most value? Oop, I'll just right. Um, oh, look, it's. At the moment, I'd say it's hard to say. Um, I use it probably more for literature because they're the people I see the most um, in our library, I think. Um, but we certainly, when we do the, um, the IB for the extended essay, we're certainly encouraging them to go and, and have a look through it there. So IB most definitely is one where we would use it. Um, yeah, so that I hopefully that sort of answers your question. Um, Thank you, Sue. No, I think yeah. that does. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, I think that does. And there's a question for Hope as well. I hope when searching on novelist, is it limited to just books within your collection? No, not at all. It's actually all the books that they have sort of worldwide. They're continually adding um, more titles into it. So no, um, what I meant before was that there is a way when a student searches on novelist for a book and there's indication whether or not it's available at your library. Um, but that takes a bit of work for you to do the code and uploading so that your library system catalog talks to the novelist database. But there is an option to do that. Mm. Thank you, Hope. Thank you very much. Um, we're actually going to run out of time. There is a question there about stats. Um, I might just say briefly, and in my knowledge, that most of these databases do enable you to gather statistics, um, but I couldn't speak for all of them, but I think that that is the case. Does anyone want to nod their head or tell me that something they've mentioned doesn't give you statistics? Anyone? Julie? Yeah, Echo doesn't do stats. Uh, yeah, I, and you. I have followed that up to, to see whether that can be done, but no, they don't. Mm. Thank you. Yes, that's probably the one. It's, it's a little bit less technical there, what their interface, isn't it? So that makes sense. 
Excellent. Um, I'm sure we could keep going all afternoon, but we won't because it is just on five or just after five. May I thank all of our wonderful presenters on behalf of all of the attendees this afternoon. It is just extraordinary how uh, we have these talented, experienced and wise teacher librarians and librarians who are prepared to share their time and we really do appreciate that. You are all fantastic, so thank you very much. Thank you, Susan. Um, <laughs> I will be in touch via email with everybody uh, with, a, with the recording of this afternoon's event, uh, the resources and also a feedback survey uh, for all of you to fill in. So thank you all once again. Thank you to all of the people that came along and uh, I do hope you all have a lovely evening and a delightful rest of the week. Thanks everyone. Bye bye.